Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is Song vs. Song, where we take two songs and argue about which one is the superior. Today, we are looking at Don't Stop Believing by Journey and Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. You ready? I am always ready, Todd. <laughs> always ready. Uh, so which song are you going to take? If we're gonna, if It's going to be one person versus one person. Well, it's... Technically, it's going to be everybody versus everybody because I I put this up on a vote, and this is how it's going to work. At the end, we'll reveal who won the popular vote. Not that those matter anymore. No, it doesn't matter at all. I don't care. The country doesn't care. The world doesn't care, and we're all going to die. But hey, music. Yes. Between the two of us, I am strongly a don't-stop-believing person. Why? Oh, <laughs> why? Well, I guess I have a very long personal story here. Okay, well, wait. Don't don't jump into it. You have a personal reason for it. Yes. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, I am taking living on a prayer. Here's my reason. I am from New Jersey. End of story. Uh, <laughs> well, are so Bon Jovi it. New Jerseyites? What are they? Hmm, what a question. Yes, they are. So New Jersey, uh, if you're from there, you basically care about three musical acts. Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, and Frank Sinatra. And that's it. And everybody can go fuck themselves otherwise. But that's it. That's all there is. And I guess less than Jake, if you're from the 1990s, which I am. No, none of us are from the 90s, so. Uh, sure, we're all young youths. Blockers, yeah. skateboards. Uh, <laughs> Blockers. Yeah, anyway. You are plugged into the youth. I am, yes, yes. How do you yeah. do, fellow kids? Did, didn't they have a, an album named New Jersey? Probably. I think every... And, and by, by they, I mean all three of the acts you mentioned. Yes, literally every single one of them. Uh, because they know that there is a success a guaranteed success to appealing to the enormous state of New Jersey. Uh, anyway, all right, so we're going to talk about these two songs. Why don't you tell us some information? I don't know anything other than the general pop culture information, but you know everything. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's give a rundown of the tale of the tape real quick. Do it. All right. First, we got Journey's Don't Stop Believing off the album Escape, 1981. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Shut up. And it rang, It made it all the way up to number nine on the Hot 100, which is ex- extremely low to me because, you know, it's been an omnipresent part of pop culture for the last three decades. But it, it's not even the biggest hit off that album. Sounds like a huge mistake. <laughs> uh, which way it's a mistake, who could say? Right, yeah. As heard in The Sopranos, Glee, Dodgers games, Giants games, Red Wing games, very popular in the stadiums, apparently. And a little trivia here from the songwriter. Steve Perry says that it's only been in the last few years that I've learned that there is no South Detroit. But it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't matter. It is kind of irrelevant. No, who who cares? Does Detroit care? Detroit has other problems. (laughs) Detroit is in a constant state of we're definitely turning it around and then not doing it. Oh, yeah. Anyone... Anyone from Detroit who is listening is going to send some notes our way, I'm sure. Great. I'm sure they will. I welcome them. I look forward to it. Uh, I look forward to it ignoring them, as I do all things. All right. And the other one, Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, (laughs) Uh off the album Slippery When Wet from 1986, and it made it all the way up to number one. It was their second straight number one hit after you, uh, You Give Love a Bad Name. So just on the chart terms, we already have a winner. That's so true. Uh, and also in general. Uh, do you have any other information, anything else you want to add to the, to one of the greatest songs of all time? Any more, any more knowledge? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. When asked in May 2010 if he ever gets tired of the song, John Bon Jovi answered, 
Not when I see the jet with my name on it. Yes. See, I find John Bon Jovi to be a very relatable billionaire. <laughs> Way more relatable than certain presidential billionaires. Like, if John Bon Jovi was the president, I feel like everything would be fine. Well, we're living on a prayer now. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else? Or at this point, do you feel that you have given the necessary information? Well, I mean, I, I picked these two songs for our opening episode. This is our pilot episode. Yes, it is. Because, you know, I figured we'd start on easy mode because everyone knows these songs. Like, they're, if you were born in the past 30, 30 years, you have, in America, you have this song written yeah, in your Yeah, last DNA. 40 years, last 50, last 60. Like, yeah. honestly, like, if you were born in the last century, you know <laughs> these songs for sure. Uh, I mean, they're karaoke standards. If you've been to karaoke, you have sang both of these songs. Yeah, and I, I always consider them tied together because they, they're big big anthem songs, and I think they're both in Rock of Ages. Uh, my wife worked on Rock of Ages, and I think you're right. I know both bands are in there. That's for sure. Yeah, no, actually, I looked it up. I, I assumed, like, Don't Stop Believing was, like, the end of the show, and, like, Living on a Prayer would be the end of Act One. Like, that's a good, like, closing for halftime. Or intermission, I guess, for non-sports. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so what do they sing during the seventh inning stretch? <laughs> Actually, Living in a Prayer is not in Rock of Ages. I had to look it up. It's, it's Wanted, Dead, or Alive, oh, okay. which I feel like is a huge missed opportunity. Uh, well, we'll get to that yeah. in due course. So, uh, why don't we talk about our own personal attachments to these songs? And you, you seem to have suggested that, <laughs> I don't know, perhaps for some strange reason... Journey has a powerful presence in your life, be it past, present, or future. Okay. I didn't really listen to much uh, rock music growing up. My parents were country music people, so I didn't listen to any of it. And so when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm going to listen to my own music. And I started listening to classic rock stations, and this wonderful, amazing <laughs> song came on. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. I have to find out what this is. Why haven't I ever heard of this before? And they said, uh, and that was Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. And my, I, I can see my face dropping in hindsight. I was like, oh, no. Because like, Wait, why? Be- because as far as I know, Journey has always been considered to be the coolest. <laughs> no. You know, I bet a bunch of people listening are going to assume that that is actually true. I guess that is, I, yeah, I guess if you're, uh, if you were born in the last quarter century, yeah, for sure. In, I only knew Journey by reputation. Yeah, and they didn't have a great one if you're a little bit older. Like, the thing is that, like, if you were around in the 70s, I actually don't know what position you'd have because they got so big so quick. So I don't know how it is that people from the 70s felt. If you were born in the 80s like I was, uh, they're a joke. Like a straight up joke. When I was in high school, uh, we had a, a guy who worked the cafeteria who we constantly said looked like the lead singer of Journey and then thought, what what suggests he's not? <laughs> what are they doing? Have they done anything lately? It could be him. Well, yeah, they they disappeared with a like without notice in the mid 80s and then for the longest time they were a joke and i to an extent they're still a joke but it's a joke everyone's in on and everyone loves yeah everybody loves that joke now like you know i mean everybody loves watching that watermelon get bashed in with a giant (laughs) hammer everybody loves that uh yeah no they went away for a little while in the 90s 
they the guy was uh, he was giving me my Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> if you wanted to know what he was up to, now you know. We, for all we know, we still know don't know that's not true. Yeah, I mean you can't disprove what I've just said. So I just kind of choked that down. It's like I, I don't really like Journey for <laughs> <laughs> like for a couple years, and then it it felt like overnight everyone suddenly super loved this band either ironically or sincerely but like those were the only two options and then i I learned a very powerful lesson which is just to like what you like and just let other people catch up to you so living on a prayer uh it's very hard to sort of have a concept of how the rest of the world felt about that song because the thing is uh i grew up in new jersey uh i listened to a couple of stations but um primarily i listened to z100 and I will tell you that that song was featured regularly uh, across a very long period of time. And Bon Jovi was never a band that, like, was in my, like, top five or necessarily even top ten. Uh, like, they were fine. But when you grow up in New Jersey, uh, if you're surrounded by uh, white people, what happens is one of them will say, hey, I've got an extra ticket to Bon Jovi. Want to come? And then you go. So I have never paid to see Bon Jovi live in concert, but I have seen them twice. Uh, it's been a while, but like in the 90s, I saw them two different times for free. Peak Bon Jovi. Peak Bon Jovi. <laughs> this Romeo is bleeding, Ugh. but you can't see his blood. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I have seen them more than once and I never had to pay for it because I'm from the, from the state of New Jersey and living on a prayer is one of those anthems of people who wear a lot of denim and have hair that is about three sizes too big. Uh, like it is like the inverse of the Grinch's heart <laughs> is the New Jersey hair. So, yeah, I mean, I don't it's very hard to sort of have a concept of what it is that people outside of that state felt about the song because it was omnipresent. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, these these songs are both hideously overplayed and like they're not even like songs anymore. They're just facts of life, like the <laughs> like the color of the sky. Yes, yes, or, you take the good and you take the bad. You take them both and there you have the two songs we're talking about. Yeah. And I I will admit because of my personal connection to it, I Don't Stop Believing will always have a very 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 special place in my heart, but the last two decades have really tested it. It's taken a bat. To don't stop believing. Yeah, it's it is inescapable. Like as inescapable as I think living on a prayer was to New Jersey, I think uh, don't stop believing is even more inescapable to not just planet Earth, but I assume any extraterrestrial life at this point. Like I think like anybody out in Alpha Centauri right now is like <laughs> cupping their ears all six of them and being like, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to believe anymore. <laughs> no, I was skimming like the, the Wikipedia right before I came over here to record this. And there was just, it was just like, it's like one of the top 10 downloaded songs of all time. It was like Ireland's top download ever. And like I said, this was not, this was just barely a top 10 hit at the time. It was outdone by like quarter flashes, hardened by heart and physical by Olivia Newton, John. Wow. What yeah. a weird list. <laughs> Tell me about it, stud. <laughs> Sorry, it was oh. the, it was the Newton John. Oh, it's your fault. You brought her up. That song blows. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, physical? Or are you just talking about Greece? Uh, let's say all of it. Wow. 
Yeah. That's, that's aggressively unkind. I love okay, I love and relate to Olivia Newton-John. You're not gay enough. <laughs> I, you know, I suppose not. If you were attracted to other men, you would understand. But I don't... I'd be attracted to Olivia Newton-John? Or? No, that has nothing to do with it. I'd be attracted to John Travolta? Well, hmm, <laughs> not anymore. But, 1978 uh, John Tra- <laughs> almost, almost certainly. What I attracted to Steve Perry? Uh, well, let's. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're have to build to that. We're have to build to that particular query. Uh, do you want to talk about the lyrics? Okay. Um, because there's sort of there's an interesting parallel, right? In that they are both talking about two different people. Don't stop believing isn't really quite a story song, but it does mention to a specific couple, a small town girl. And a and a, a boy city from, boy a boy from a fictional city. Yes. Wait. What? What does that mean? There's no such thing as South Detroit. He said it just. It, he said he, it was just the one that sounded better. East Detroit, nah. West Detroit, but South. South was the the money spot, I guess. Yeah, he really understood that because he understood how people from New Jersey feel about South Jersey. <laughs> it sucks. So I. I don't know. Maybe he's got Jersey family somewhere, and he just figured the <laughs> south, the south of everywhere, is the part where you need to get the train out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah. Wait, is there a South Philly? I know there's a West Philly. <laughs> okay. Oh, Boston. He went to like it was like a Boston place, right? Like Southie. There you go. We cracked yeah. it. We cracked the case. Okay. They're 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 all Bay Area, the, the Journey people. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Then well, I, then, seen- then then the whole world's gone topsy turvy, <laughs> and I'm just never gonna understand any of it. All right. Well, here's a question I've always had, and this this really bugs on me because we're talking about the uh, the Bon Jovi couple, they who actually have names. And yes, Tommy and Gina. Yes. So okay, Tommy used to work on the docks. Yes, he used to. But the union's been on strike, and he's down on his luck, and that's why they're living on a prayer. Shouldn't he be getting strike pay? Uh, well, that's a fine question, and I wish my wife was here because she is a real expert when it comes to unions. Um, I believe the answer is not necessarily. And okay, I mean, strike I, pay uh, is A, limited, and, and B, uh, limited. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's hard to say how much, if anything. And also, you you don't know. What if there are scabbers? What if there are people that are crossing the picket line? You don't know. Yeah. He's, here's what I know about Johnny. This is a man who understands the value of the union and is not going to cross that line. And in that way, he has my respect. And this instantly starts the song off in a positive way. I'm pro-union. Johnny's pro-union. This okay. is a good song. I'm just saying, like, we're, we're not talking about, like, the weak-ass unions for, like, teachers or other useless people like no, no no this is like borderline like local one like a real strong union like something that people really yeah, believe the, in they don't this is the 19 hey this is the 1980s right what year did it come out 1986 Six. okay yeah. so let's let's keep it in mind the importance of this is like stupid <laughs> but i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it why not um ronald reagan broke the um the air Aircraft. traffic the air traffic control union so the idea of unions being a really important thing actually was really prescient. That's a that's a thing to keep in mind in the 1980s because when that happened, it really started to create this whole long term right to work state thing that we're living in now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, totally relevant <laughs> in 1986. Who knew? Other yeah, than maybe us, was, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like the longshoremen are retained their power, but like there was perhaps <laughs> the like longshoremen. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got to get those sea basses. 
I, you know, I all I know is on season two of The Wire, it seemed like the the longshoremen were a little worried about <laughs> the direction of the unions in this country, and that certainly has not changed. And you know what, Bon Jovi and Springsteen, Bon Jovi has always been kind of like the mini Springsteen. It's true. Who knew that they were going to have this one song where like they very basically <laughs> took a stand on this? Yeah, I mean, like it's no born in the USA, but what is really? Right, those are you know pretty much the same time, like came out right after, so. Yeah, I mean, nothing really is going to, I mean, Born in the USA is like one of the most cynical songs of all time, <laughs> you know, from one of the albeit most like upbeat dudes, uh, it is pretty cynical. And I don't think that Living on a Prayer is a very cynical song, it's, no. just, a, it's just a love song. I, I don't think John Bon Jovi is a very c- Cynical person. No, John Bon Jovi is a man with uh, three sizes too big hair and a three sizes too big wallet. So he's living pretty good. <laughs> no, I, I went back and watched that the video, and I was like, oh my god, how does it even fit on his head? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's enormous. I mean, that was everybody. I mean, I don't think he was special in that regard. I mean, like whether you're wearing poison or striper or like you know, no, what I, mean? I, like I feel like his scorpion. may have been the biggest. Oh, that is a bold statement, sir. <laughs> I am unconvinced. It's it was. I mean, like I look at the poison guys, and it their stuff just mostly floats. Like it looks light, and Bon John Jovi's bounces, and it looks like it's very heavy on his head. Well, I mean, in that way, once again, he was representing the place of his birth. Uh, New Jersey is uh, very heavy on the hair. Uh, it's it's voluminous. Uh, my hair was pretty big at the time. I wish that, like, this is a podcast, so I can't really back it up with evidence, yeah. <laughs> but I had this giant mushroom cloud of hair when I was a kid. Uh, I do not, for the for the record, have that anymore. I probably won't in another decade have any hair at all. But, uh, yeah, at the time, in, like, 1986, when I was in first grade to date myself, I definitely had, like, this giant mushroom cloud of hair. So I just assume everybody in New Jersey had that. Anyway, uh, so uh, so far it sounds like I'm right, and it's the best song. <laughs> well, you know, th- there's been a lot of debate about like, I in the comments I got on this, yes. a lot of people said like, absolutely, "Living on a Prayer" is the better song because it's real and "Don't Stop Believing" feels phony to them. That's uh, that was like half of it, and the other half said the opposite. Oh yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. I'm going to take a very bold statement and say that they're both full of shit. <laughs> No one said that. Oh, but. I don't. I don't see how either of them is about anything at all. Like, I just. I mean, I think that they both were like, "Hey, you know what? People like um, hard luck love songs where people triumph. Like, yeah. that's it." Do you, like, I don't think that there are a lot of things in the world of music, especially in the 1980s, that people liked more than that. Like, 70s and 80s. If you wrote a song about like we're in love, we're going through some tough times. But love will be enough to carry us through. I mean, you're pretty guaranteed to make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to read a comment here from one uh, Cassandra Owens who writes, Don't Stop Believing doesn't deserve the intensity of the song. Because believe in what? Hooking up with strangers on the train? I don't know. Uh, Cassandra, were you ever a teenager? <laughs> I was, and I'm just going to put it out there that when I was in, like, the 16 to 19-year-old range, yes, absolutely, that is the <laughs> literally the only thing I believed in. It was like, I believed that me and my Gibson were going to become big old rock stars and also love. That was it. That was all I had. 
Well, I, I wanted to bring this back up because here's what most of I think I have a younger viewership than we are because every other comment I got was like, Glee. Ah, yes. Okay. So Ryan Murphy has in many ways ruined this song. Don't Stop Believing has been completely ruined by Glee. That was actually, um, initially when you said, like, these are the two songs we should do, uh, I said I was going to take Living on a Prayer because Living on a Prayer was not ruined by Ryan Murphy. Uh, and then I, I listened to both songs back to back for a while and realized, no, I actually do just prefer Living on a Prayer. But I do think that people who are in their 20s have had that song genuinely ruined for them. <laughs> Because that show sucks. No, it's, it's it's unwatchable. It is. I mean, and yet, what's so really interesting about Glee is that no matter how bad it got, it had such an intense fan base. Like, I know this is research you haven't done, but uh, in the pantheon of truly uh, diluted and unnecessarily intense Tumblr fandoms, it's basically Glee and Supernatural. They are the big ones. And Glee is, I mean, the the way that people feel about those characters, what they expect, the kind of fic that they write is unreal. <laughs> I don't understand why it has generated the, the kind of fanaticism that it has. But as a result, I do think that <laughs> this Journey song is kind of wrecked beyond repair. Yeah, um, I was... Uh... When that show debuted, I was I working as a substitute teacher at various high schools, and I heard a lot of this song at the various you know choirs, show choirs stuff that I was uh. subbed in on. And I, I got one viewer here who says, Catherine Golden, I heard that song sung off key by teenagers every day for a year. So that's bad, right? Like you know, my parents um, had to listen to me listen to Life as a Highway and sing it to. <laughs> to myself before I would fall asleep every night for like several months. And so I'm sure that they hate that song forever. Not because it's not a great song, but because I, I mean, like I was like, (laughs) you know, so I would imagine, uh, hearing that would make you feel pretty strongly about, uh, the idea that the only true nirvana in this life is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah. Oblivion. (laughs) I, I still feel very strong about this because I got in on the ground floor when it before Journey sold out, I guess. Before they <laughs> sold out. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, all right. Well, before they sold back in, I guess. Okay. Like, so here's here is then the question, right? Um, you believe that of the two songs, it is the greater. And we're talking about all of, there's a lot of potent reasons why uh, you would say no, it is not as good. So where where does your defense come in? You know, it's funny because a lot of people claim that you know it's like the quintessential four chord song, "Don't Stop Believing," and I feel like that does it a disservice because it's a very weirdly structured song. And I don't know. I was first time I heard it, I was like constantly t- taken by surprise at the different directions it went, like that weird opening guitar solo, like burned up and over and the, the, there's only they only sing the chorus once right at the very end don't stop believing and you know actually i'm going to back that up because i feel like living on a prayer is also kind of a weirder song than people give it credit for too because it has that long intro it's just like a synthesizer for like 
what, like 30 seconds? Yes. And that's the only song I can think of the 80s that used the Once Upon a Time, not so long ago. <laughs> oh, those are two in those are two great intros. Yes. Yeah. Uh that is interesting. But all right, so um I feel that living on a prayer, like you brought up this thing, and so now I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. The fact that it takes so long <laughs> to get to saying don't stop believing. Uh, there are two arguments to be had about that. Yeah. One is why did it take so goddamn long? And two, uh, by uh, comparison and contrast, uh, that it the fact that it takes so long is that when you finally get there, it's so gratifying. Yeah, that's what that's where I am. And in fact, what I've listened to Journey's Escape album a lot of times, and I can never remember if Don't Stop Believing opens the. The, the album or closes it because it feels like it should do both. Like it feels like a multi-part like prog rock suite in this really dumb cheeseburgery song. And I don't know. It just felt like complete to me. Like you could make a whole album out of it or a whole jukebox musical where don't stop believing ends it. Oh, uh, wow. What an interesting thing that you just <laughs> said. I'm sure no one has ever done that before. Have you seen Rock of Ages? Uh, of course I have. My wife worked on Rock of Ages, so yes, I've I have only, seen it. I've only seen the movie. Oh, well, you are missing out, friend. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely say that the Broadway musical is better, and here's why. Um, you walk in, and you sit down, and immediately they're like, who wants to drink? Uh, so, like, they come in, and the drinks are available, and, like, it's just... The thing about uh, that version... Uh, if we're going to actually talk about Rock of Ages for a second, is that the Broadway musical has got a narrator, like a really like self-aware narrator that's sort of talking about what's happening. And even though that's stupid as far as storytelling is concerned, it is very comical and it works really well. Like he's kind of got like that roadie quality to him. Like, and that's great. Like I love that musical and I think that that song works really well in it. And if anything saves Don't Stop Believing, it is the Rock of Ages musical. Well, that's funny because I was going to say if anything killed it, would have killed it permanently for me, it would have been Rock of Ages of the movie. Yes, the movie sucks. That's why. Uh, and it's really unfortunate. If you'd seen the Broadway show, you might feel differently. It does It does strangely really work. And it's it's so, I mean, like that happens. I mean, that's like a whole other conversation of movie musical versus stage musical. But uh, yeah, the Rock of Ages uh, actual physical in a stage space musical works very well. And that song works very well in it. One last thing, because this has always been like the main difference between Journey and Bon Jovi for me. And they're very similar bands in that like everyone kind of sort of ironically likes them. And these days, these days, like you like there's a lot of talk for either of them to be in the Rock Hall of Fame. But I'm always kind of like, but no one takes them seriously. Like, I mean, does anybody really take the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, they're both getting in. (laughs) Well, here's here's a comment. I'm just going to read it. Please. Okay, from Ryan Doyle. Ryan Doyle says... Thank you, Ryan. Ryan Doyle says, They are complete dorks who are trying to cosplay as rock gods. Journey. No, they were talking about Bon Jovi. How dare <laughs> you? Uh, no, they have got the hair to pack up to back up the uh, the rock god status. Uh, but this raises a very interesting question, doesn't it? Uh, which is the nature of, um, you know, your look. Yeah. Uh, the idea of the image for, which the, is for, for, the, for the rock star. <laughs> See, Journey, Journey started in the 70s, 
And they were part of the, you know, the big stadium rock bands of, you know, like with Sticks and, and Boston and all them. And they were not ready for MTV at all. They No, they were not quite ready for primetime players. Of, and you, you look at them, there, there's a lot of like uh, sleeveless tanks and uh, mullets, very pronounced mullets. And Steve Perry is, a, is, is not an attractive man. No. And none of them are. And like, that's the thing is like Steve Perry's about as good as it gets. <laughs> that is like, you know what I mean? That's the grade A beef available at that particular butcher shop. Like it's kind of rough. Yeah. So the, I, I don't know if that, that influenced me, but I always felt like, you know, that it means more that guys like Journey don't stop believing because they don't have as much going for them. And what I found out, I didn't realize this, like don't stop believing is about L.A., it's about Hollywood and the, the up and down the boulevard, that Sunset Boulevard. And it's about, you know, dreamers who are probably not going to get famous. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like their situation is actually a lot more desperate than poor Tommy and Gina with their working, living off a diner waitress's paycheck. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. What kind of diner is Gina working <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, there's, at any time, I guess any diner could go under. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, I will tell you, we are known for three things. Yeah. Uh, that are not music bands, I mean. Uh, so it is um, malls, diners, and parking lots. Those, That's it. Like, when you're a teenager, you go to the mall, there's usually a theater, you, you see a show, you go to the diner, you drink coffee, smoke cigarettes, and have like, I don't know, mozzarella sticks or something until about 3 a.m. And then you go and sit outside in a parking lot and talk for a couple more hours until it's like 6. So uh, it's sort of hard to get a beat on how Tommy and Gina are doing. But I will say this. Um, I definitely relate to the lady that works in the, in the diner. <laughs> like, I know that life. Uh, that is definitely relatable. But I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if they're really struggling i have no idea i mean well, it's, I mean, it's, it's bad enough that tommy had to put his six string in hock come okay, on man get, how much could he have gotten for that uh i mean it depends but probably a couple bucks i mean i don't yeah. know who really i mean they probably would have immediately I mean, gotten I mean, bought you know, up by somebody else anyway if he's part of the union he should have some money saved up i don't know you like, say <laughs> that you say that but once again i'm just saying reagan was killing unions at the time it was like pop 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 i just you know gotta watch out it's tough time 1986, it's a dangerous time for a union member. You don't know. Like I said, I watched the video right before this, and, like, they're going to be okay. They're, the, the first shot is him spinning to the camera, like, Tommy used to work on the docks. And he's got, like, he is, like, mugging at the camera so hard, he's, like, trying to fuck the camera with his eyes. Yeah, I mean, look, here's what I will grant. Uh, if we're comparing especially to Journey, like, John Bon Jovi isn't just New Jersey attractive. He's, like, <laughs> actually attractive. Like, he's about as good-looking as a person from New Jersey is ever gonna be. Uh, sorry, New Jersey. I'm not actually no, sorry. Y'all know. I saw an interview of him on Behind the Music where he's talking about, I was like, you know what I'm proud of? It's like, I'm still with my high school sweetheart. We're still married. I never traded my girlfriend in for a younger model after I got famous. And I'm sitting there like, you know what? I bet that's a lot easier when in high school you looked like John Bon Jovi. I guess. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, actually, I didn't know that. I give John Bon Jovi a lot of credit. <laughs> I'm sure he has people throwing themselves at him 
constantly I'm just that he saying. actually stayed with the. I mean, like, listen, here's yeah. what I know. Uh, there are people that would like date like the most beautiful supermodels and still be like, man, I guess I'll put this hamster up my ass and cheat. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not that I'm calling anybody out in particular, but you know, like these things happen. So that. If, yeah, I mean, even, even if he had the most beautiful girl in his high school, you know, even if he married Miss New Jersey or whatever, yeah. uh, it's just, it, it still counts for something. Oh, I'm, I'm, it is. It it does matter a lot. I'm just saying, if you're the guy from the cars, you, <laughs> you got to wait till you're, you're famous you're, before you start settling down. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I don't know what that bearing that has on the songs, though. I don't know. Just like the the image, it does it does matter. You we pretend like it doesn't matter, but it does. Do you think Bon Jovi's a better singer than Steve Perry? Uh, I think he is a different singer. Uh, I think that they both just played to their strengths. Why? Do you, you really feel strongly that Steve Perry is that much better? Not that much better, but definitely better. Does it matter? Yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> I guess is, is what I'm getting at. It. How much does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Because, I mean, like, I don't know. Who's a better singer, Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? Well, that's really, actually, is it? I was going to say Christina is obviously, but actually now that I think about it, I'm not so sure. Oh, wow. That's cool. But no, I mean, I yeah. think, well, the generally accepted truth is that Christina is the better singer and but but, it but Britney was more, was more successful. And yeah. that was the point is that it, it was sort of irrelevant. Britney was better marketed. And as a result, she was more successful that, you yeah. know, whether or not it was that the songs are better, I couldn't say, but they definitely marketed her a lot better. Yeah. Well, maybe if Journey had been marketed better, they could have lasted through the 80s, but that's not what broke them up. Like, they were on their downward slide, but then they just kind of hated each other, and then they drifted apart. We drifted apart. No. Oh. <laughs> and Bon Jovi, just they, they just kept trucking. They survived the 90s. Well, not only did they, they survive the 90s, they, they survived the aughts, and it wasn't until, like, 2014 that Richie Sambora actually left the band, which I didn't even know it happened. Which is and 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 uh, and when he left, they you know they were like, "Is this cool?" And like John Bojovi was like, "Yeah, it's all right." And and Richie Zambora was like, "Yeah, dude. I mean, like, I probably would, you know, like, I yeah. can come back at any time. Like, there's no bad blood about it or anything. You know, this is not like a Taylor Perry, Katy Perry situation, Taylor it's Swift, Katy, Katy Perry situation. You know, like, yeah. So that is mind blowing to me. I can't believe that. Like, what yeah. band lasts all- that long? Oh, they they seem like very down to earth professional guys, which is very weird for an '80s band. Yeah, I always want. Oh, so like, what? There's usually like a band per decade. For a long time, I thought the '70s band that was that was Aerosmith, but then they didn't because they lasted a really long time uh, despite the odds. Because it was like, so like was '60s a- was the Stones, '70s was Aerosmith, '80s was Bon Jovi, '90s is Green Day. I don't know who the aughts are going to be yet, but like Green Day is. I hope we can both agree. Yeah, the Bon Jovi of the '90s, <laughs> unquestionably. I might honestly go with Red Hot Chili Peppers if we're good. Wow, I don't. Oh, wait, are they even still? Because like Green Day, like has consistently been successful. I don't. They're super mainstream and always have been, even though they've tried for like a second to pretend that they weren't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like other than like one drummer that they replaced after their first album, they had like the same lineup pretty oh, much. Oh, you mean throughout. the ones with the with the same lineup that's different that's the other thing is like like green day has pretty much had more or less the same lineup and bon jovi did not change their lineup in any huge way they had most of the same core guys they, through they, the 80s and the, the 90s yeah, and the 90s the they fired their bass player because he just 
couldn't play bass. Yeah, but that's like a guy. And like yeah. I said, like if it's one guy, like like Green Day lost their drummer because the drummer was sloppy and they brought in like Trey and yeah. Trey is like about as good as a punk drummer is ever going to be. Right. And meanwhile, Journey, they they switch out their lead singers. In fact, Steve Perry's not their original lead singer. Yeah. And they just go on tour without their voice Without Steve Perry, which is just insane to me. They've grabbed some no-name off the street. They've done this several times now, and they've toured like they're actually Journey, but they're not. Yeah, they're <laughs> like Van Halen before Van Halen was Van Halen. Right, but like Van Halen, when they switched to... They played to Sammy... Sammy Hagar is not a David Lee Roth fill-in. He's his own guy. This guy, is, they're just some nobody that they fire whenever they want. And that's not Journey to me. Yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. Journey if doesn't seem like a band that have big egos, but apparently they're huge and they absolutely hate each other. I love it. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Like if any of them ever talk about Steve Perry ever, it's just like venom in their <laughs> You're making it. like a horrified I'm face. Just so, no, I'm so pleased. No, I'm not horrified at all. I'm delighted. <laughs> uh I just think that that's so funny because like there's just nothing about Journey that says that's worth it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you look at it and it's like if they had any objectivity whatsoever, they'd go, what are we doing? <laughs> There's nothing so exceptional about any of us. We all just got really lucky that we had a couple of songs that were successful uh, and they're fine. Like the songs are what they are. And, you know, I mean, it could have been anything else that wound up being a karaoke standard or a glee standard or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, for me, like because I tried to not let overplay ruin Don't Stop Believing for me. It, it's taken its damage. And for me, uh, Separate Ways has supplanted it in my heart as like the Journey song. Ah, we've arrived to the section I was looking forward to the most. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that is their greatest hit. So for my money, Separate Ways is the greatest Journey song of all time. <laughs> it is not even a debate. It's not just the song either. It's also the hilarity of the dad rock that is the music video <laughs> where like we're playing the keyboard on the wall with a mustache and like... And in his pink sleeveless tank. It's wonderful. Yeah. Separate Ways is... I, I, like, I don't even think there's a debate. Like if there's a, if there's a better Journey song out yeah. there, I like it's not yet been written. And maybe they'll pull it out tomorrow. Maybe it'll be like a Beyonce, Jay-Z moment. And they'll just drop an album that I didn't know was coming in and, and it'll be there. But until that happens, Separate Ways is their best song in my mind. No question. Uh, I, just to bring it back real quick. Like, like I said, they were not ready for MTV. They were n nowhere near had the looks. Versus Journey and I want to, versus Bon Jovi. I want to read this here from Kyle McCann. He says... Living on a Prayer has one of the Bond-douchiest music videos of all the 80s. The cutesy pre-show stage antics and obviously inauthentic sound check is sickeningly forced on the same level as an average One Direction music video. And I thought, and I rewatched How the video. How dare you come for 1D in this way? <laughs> How dare you? No, I... I've seen a few One Direction music videos. They're goofing. I was like, we're just <laughs> jolly lads. <laughs> we're best friends. And they're playing around, and I watched the Bon Jovi video, and it's like, yeah, it's like, obviously, they're playing, pretending to warm up for the cameras. Yeah. But they are friends. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing, is that, like, John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora in particular, that was what blew my mind about the fact that Richie had ever left, is that, like, at least in a public setting, they seem pretty tight. Like, Bon Jovi always seemed like a band full of guys that got along and enjoyed playing, and were just glad to be out there, like... 
making fans happy. Like they have, I honestly, maybe like it's different if you live outside of uh, uh, the armpit of America, <laughs> but uh, for New Jersey residents, it always seemed pretty legit. You know, that's funny because like John Bon Jovi was signed by a record label who realized that they had a, a guy with a look and who could sing, yes, but he had the look and and Bon Jovi was like, Nah, you know what? Can you can you guys recruit me a band? I'd rather be in a band. I want a real band. Yeah, John Bon Jovi's a nice guy. And he he's just, just a really nice guy. And he, they just they they didn't come up together or anything. They just just some guy found by the studio, and they get along so well. Here's a question: Do you consider "Living on a Prayer" to be their greatest hit? Is it their best song? I've never heard a Bon Jovi song I really disliked, but I've never heard one that really really hit me. Like these are, you know, Slippery When Wet has three powerful, like top tier songs. You got One Dead or Alive, You uh, you Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer. And these are about as good pop singles as you can possibly expect one band to have all on one album. That's amazing. But I don't know. There's just, they're, they're solid seven or eight out of tens, I guess. So yeah, I guess Living on a Prayer would be their best song, but. It's really hard for me to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean. God, I want a dead or alive. Like, it's so comically enjoyable. Like, it's, I don't even know how to express why it's such a great song. Um, I don't know if it's their best. It's really hard to say. I have never been able to pick a favorite. I, unfortunately, uh, because I was in high school in the 90s, have a strong affinity to a song called Always, <laughs> uh, which in fact begins with the lyrics This Romeo is bleeding, but you can't see his blood. It's nothing but some feelings that this old doll kicked up. It's been raining since you left me, and now I'm drowning Should I in stop the flood. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll stop right there. Uh, but it's so bad, and yet it's so good. Uh, I don't know. I guess it is. I guess Living on a Prayer actually is probably about as good as it's going to get from Bon Jovi. Uh, and that, I believe, kind of brings us to the final question. Do you still stand by your original statement? Do you actually think that, uh, that Journey beats out Bon Jovi in this moment? Yeah, I do. I and that's because I was Journey when Journey wasn't cool. So, all right. Well, I uh, am Jersey born and raised, <laughs> and so for the rest of my days, living on a prayer is always going to be number one in my heart. And one last comment, and I forgot to write down the a few people wrote this, but it's all about the dropped G. Is it, don't stop believing the apostrophe at the end. Living on a prayer. That's how you know. Like it doesn't matter. Everything's going to be okay. That's right. You can be so devil-may-care with your G's. Yes, and that's how you know. I thought that was an insightful comment. Well, do you want to know who won the, the vote? Yes, I do. Okay. Don't Stop Believing comes in with 347 votes. Living on a Prayer comes in with 399. Woo! <laughs> For a 53% win. Living on a Prayer is apparently a better song than Don't Stop Believing. The people have spoken. <laughs> Uh, do you have any parting words? Anything you want to say before we yes. sign off? Uh, don't stop believing on a prayer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Song versus Song. The very first episode. Uh, if you want to keep uh, listening, we'll make more for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you can find uh, Todd on Twitter where? At Shadow Todd. Uh, and you can find me, Danny Roth, at Danny Ordinary. That's Danny with one N, Ordinary also with one N. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.